say that. You've never enjoyed a good hate fuck? I mean, no. Mm. I can't have Nothing sex with someone unless I'm like into them. As soon as someone does something that I don't like. I mean, if you really hate them, that's kind of a form of being into them, right? No, that's not. To be fair, I've done it twice, and I hated it both times. So. Okay, it's mm. not uh, you're okay. Well, there's so much to unpack here, and I don't even know where to begin. Just one. Um, I don't let things get that far with people. Like to hate someone, like it won't get to like seething hatred. I just don't. I don't go there. So hate fucking would never be an option for me. But for you, what what the fuck you just said? I okay. To be to be clear, I do not hate these individuals. Exactly. They're my friends. You're saying you hate the action, and that's what I thought was funny. That it was the act of fucking that you. Hate. I did. I did. And then <laughs> with with one of them, oh. with the first one, it was really awkward because because they that always what sex with you was like. Well. Well, because I tried to be very clear, like, hey, like, I'm literally just using you. I'm in a mood. Do you understand the situation? And they were like, yeah, definitely. But then, like, the whole time, they were, like, making jokes, like, oh, what if we get married? And I'm just like, that's not even on the table here. Well, first of all, what you... Oh boy! Oh, good grief! There's what a different you way. There's, I feel like them. there's a different way to put that. Well, what you said to them, they probably thought it was a joke, dude. What? Just to be clear, oh. I'm using you, and I'm in a mood. Well, I had never shown any sort of like romantic intent with this person uh-huh. at all. Right. So. Uh-huh. It was just like an in the moment thing. Right. Or I was just like, hey, you want to go do that for a minute? You know? God, I'm so uncomfortable right now. It's like a yeah. cat in heat. <laughs> Dismissive at all other times. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Stacey lifts her tail up aggressively, showing herself. Okay. I'm kind of uncomfortable. Oh, now you're uncomfortable? (laughs) Okay. We're not in the business of listening to men. No. You're listening to (laughs) the good, the bad, and the funny. I'm your host, Jesse McIntyre. And a bad fact about me is that I bite my fingernails. And last week, I fed some to the dog when no one was looking. (gasps) That's That's not okay. Why would you do that? Were you on drugs? No, I was stone sober. Hmm. I don't even know what my fact is going to be, and I'm just so mad at you right now. What? Yeah. Feed that to your own stupid fucking dog. I do. What is wrong with you? She looked hungry. You're. I think I'm you guys. The authorities are <laughs> hung up on the fact that I fed Poppy my fingernails when you should be praising me. <laughs> for the fact that I'm willing to throw myself under the bus for <laughs> a bit. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, I'm your other host, Lynette Thomas. And a funny fact about me is I can't drink out of bottles. Where I don't I don't know if I can't. I just, every time I do it, I'm like, this is not, I'm not doing it right. I've, it's oh, not. Oh, that's funny. Like it's Donald not Trump, as. Like- efficient and and it always feels weird because i don't know because if i try to get the the uh most um 
the most amount of liquid out of said bottle, it looks like I'm deep throating a bottle. And if I try to like sip out of it, I spill it on all over myself. <laughs> and, and if I try to avoid either of those things, I, I create like a weird suction with my lips and it makes it just <laughs> an untenable process like process so i don't think i know how to drink out of bottles what is wrong with you i think i'm autistic oh okay so there's that Mm -hmm. yeah i have difficulty drinking certain things like straws uh a couple days ago um i was drinking out of a straw and it like went back like right i was gonna say i knew it you choked you choked on it? Well, no, it just like splashed into my face. Well, how did that uh, happen? How? You created a backdraft? I guess. <laughs> I, the suction was weird, and when I took it out of my mouth, it just went in my face. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to introduce yourself? All right, I'm your other other host, Stacy Stark. And a good fact about me is that I potentially saved a dude's life last night. What? Yeah. Yeah. Do tell. Well, I was driving and I saw this guy laying on the sidewalk and then I called 911 because like he looked because you need to say where you were. So that's kind of important. Oh, I was on Washington Boulevard between Lafayette and Clinton. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know why that's important. Though. She's downtown. Yeah. It's important because that's why it's good. If, if somebody saw someone laying on the sidewalk. In the suburbs, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's out of place. But you were downtown where it's not really that out of place. Yeah. It's not out it's of place. It's common occurrence. Yeah. But I mean, I could just tell by his vibe that he was like needed help. Yeah. Not doing good. Yeah. But like I called 911 and they were like, well, are you with him? And I was like, well, no, like I'm a tiny little woman, so I don't feel comfortable. But someone needs to help that guy. And then like I pulled back around and uh, and by the time I like went around the block, there were already like ambulances and police cars there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of you. Thank you. I'm just saying, most people would, even if he didn't look like his, you know, even though his vibe was off and he he looked like not just a drug addict or homeless person, most people wouldn't have because it's downtown and like you don't involve yourself in downtown shenanigans. Right. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. So good on you. Thank you. Lynette. Yeah. Why don't you spin us a yarn? <gasps> Let me weave you a tail. <laughs> okay, guys. Today, we are going to talk about the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Oh, shit. Oh, I thought you were going to say RFK. Is that a disappointment to you? Yeah, I'm like kind of obsessed with the Kennedys, so. Well, have I Dude, got a story for black. you? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want to talk about this. Um, Archduke Ferdinand, uh, his assassination is the reason World War One happened, and the reason why World War Two happened because of World War One. Um, the reason also that band. The reason that what? That band. It's France. France is, Ferdinand. Isn't that the same? Ferdinand? Yeah, it's it's yeah. him. Yeah. He's responsible for that band, is what I'm saying. Oh, yes. I was like, what do we are what's the bit? I was confused about what the bit was, but okay, yes. Um, okay, so Wait, the, back up. So his assassination started World War One. Yes, I was about to explain why. Oh, okay. So the reason his assassination started World War One is because um he was from 
um, he was he was in line to take over for the Austrian Hungarian Empire. And part of the Austrian Hungarian Empire was um, like within it was uh, the country of Bosnia and Bosnia wanted to be independent. The country right next to Bosnia, Serbia, also wanted Bosnia to be independent, right? So when Archduke was going to take power, the Serbians and the Bosnians uh, kind of conspired to have him assassinated, cause upheaval so Bosnia could go and be independent. Now, Austrian-Hungary was backed by Germany and Serbia was backed by Russia. So when this shit goes down, um, it was more seen as an act of war. Europe at that time was a lot of like big countries backing little countries over little disputes. So then because of all of the alliances and allegiances, that's why this led to World War One. Not unlike the U.S. and the Middle East now. Absolutely. I mean, also, that conflict kind of snakes its way from these conflicts. It's, yeah. It's yeah. fucking crazy. The European history, like Europe and uh, Russia, like that history is the most fascinating fucking history, dude. Like Rasputin, like all there's so many like crazy characters that cause like massive fucking ripple effects that we still kind of feel today. Yeah, and, for sure. And it was just kind of a crazy shit show. Like, like 9-11 is kind of a... The indirect results <laughs> of all so of this crazy. shit. Okay, so back to Archduke Ferdinand. So Ferdinand was going to take over um, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire um, in Bosnia, um, conspired with Serbia to, to have him assassinated so that they could cause upheaval and Bosnia could be independent. So Ferdinand was set to make an appearance um, kind of on a campaign trail, was set to make an appearance in Bosnia. Um, and do kind of like a little parade. So him and his wife were going there to do a, a, a parade. It was planned months in advance. So Serbia took these Bosnians, led by a guy named Iliak, um, who was part of the Serbian government and military. The, like, the Serbian government and military decided to get a group of Bosnians together to assassinate Archduke Ferdinand backed by Serbian, like, weapon, weaponry and stuff like that, right? So the Bosnians, the group of Bosnians that, Bosnians that were led by Iliak to do, or Ilik, I can't remember his name, to do this attack, they were called the Black Hand. Um, the six men who had carried out the assassination, these names are kind of important, but I am going to butcher them. The six Bosnians that would do the assassination was Muhammad Vezo Nedeljeko, Jetko, I'm going to assume because it's his name is spelled like C V J E T K O, and I'm just going to assume that the C and V is silent, so we call him that nigga Jetko. Um, <laughs> a guy, a guy named Trifko and um, and Gavrilo Prisip. Okay, I think you probably nailed. 100% Hopefully, of those I names. nailed some of them. So, okay. This assassination attempt immediately got off to a bad start. They were supposed to be smuggling um, the weapons for the assassination from Serbia to Bosnia 
uh, to this little town in Bosnia where the shit was going down. Uh, they were supposed to be smuggling it on a sugar shipment, but but they were like super scared leading up to the the attack that they told the sugar people to go to the wrong city, which makes me laugh because it, it reminds me of me. You do something in advance and then you're just super worried that like, did we tell them to go to the right? right. Yeah, did we definitely. send the sugar shipment to did the I, right did place? Did I turn the oven off? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like six guys and they're about to assassinate someone. <laughs> did oh. we pack the guns? That's, oh, shit. That's a, that's a really funny time to feel that. I that think way. so, too. I think so, too. Um, then there was infighting within their organization because Muhammad was being just loud and abrasive out on the streets and they were like he's not go- he's not secure enough in this operation he's going to basically ring the alarm because he keeps fucking talking to people so they were kind of like iffy about that guy okay so <laughs> this operation was so crazy because like right before the operation so they like i said they planned it three months in advance uh Illich was told by um generals within the Serbian army, like the operations go, everything's good. And then like two weeks later, a message came that was like, actually, no, the operation's off. And then he got like two weeks later, got another message. I was like, no, it is, it is on that we're doing it. And then when the assassination was like taking place, someone was on their way to tell Illic that the assassination was off again. So. Jesus Christ. Get it together. Get it together, Serbia. What are you doing? And so this is the black hand? Yes. How can you have such a badass name and just be so incompetent <laughs> so at your enough. job? Yeah. Yeah. I would be so nervous and uncomfortable if I was any one of those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that comes into play. So... June 28th, 1914, Ferdinand and his wife uh, entered this town of Cerveco. Cerveco? Cerveco. Cervejo. That's the name of it. They enter Cervejo. <laughs> that's the name of it. I think uh, that's the name of it. There's a J in there. A J-O? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they enter this little town, and there's like a street, like a main road that leads crosses one intersection and then leads to the courthouse. I'm just mapping out what their journey is supposed to be. So they get out of the train station, go down the main road. They're supposed to go to this courthouse, double back, take the intersection like to the right, um, and then go up to like a museum, okay? So on the entrance into the town, before that intersection, um, there's like, it's a parade. There's a bunch of people on the road. Off of the road on one side is a bridge. So the way that the assassins were set up is that like coming into the town, there's going to be Muhammad and Veso on one side of the road. On the other side of the road is Nedeljenko, who's standing on the bridge. Now, we're, it's not certain where the other assassins were stand or were like, you know, stationed, but probably one by the intersection, one closer to the courthouse, one up there by the museum, one would assume. Okay, so Muhammad, who's the first assassin, is supposed to be the one to take the shot. Every assassin is armed with a bomb, a pistol, and a cyanide pill. So like if if Ferdinand is too far away for you to shoot him, 
throw the bomb. <laughs> and then, you know, after you've assassinated him, take the cyanide pill and kill yourself is the plan. Thorough. They um, thought of everything. Yeah. And so Muhammad's supposed to do it, but they had the other one stationed around in case that something went wrong and he could not do it. So <clears throat> as far as Ferdinand's concerned, he gets off the train with his wife. There's going to be a parade of six cars. Uh, Ferdinand is the third car, the only car that's a convertible, right? They're supposed to be like guards. The convertible has been the downfall of so many I, politicians. Stop letting them drive with the top down. It's the po- crazy. The Pope had it right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bomb proof, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, so he's supposed to, so, okay. Uh, there's the, the six, the line of six cars. There's supposed to be police officers and the other few cars to protect them. But in the middle is Ferdinand and his wife. Well, immediately when they get to the fucking train station and start driving, for some reason, the uh, the police, like the, the police officer in charge forgot three of his men. So two of the car or three of the cars were left with like just a driver and no guards or police. What the fuck? So they are also incompetent as fuck. Okay, so they they're they're traveling along, and before they get to the the intersection, they pass Muhammad, who uh, is a thirty year old man, and I and I assume because he was thirty, and like shit was cool with him, he just didn't take the shot because he didn't want to kill himself with the cyanide pill. Mm. So, so the car passes them. Also, the dude next to him, Vasco also didn't take the shot because he was 17 and that's probably why he didn't. He was just young. He was also dying from tuberculosis. So that's why he like agreed to do this. But then he was like, I don't know, man. (laughs) He just needed some Johnson and Johnson in his life. I got more to live for. So they didn't take the shot. The the car continues to go and they pass by the bridge with Nedeljenko on it, right? They pass by the bridge and he... Throws the fucking bomb. Now, Najiko was also dying of tuberculosis. Mm. So he was like, yeah, that's fine. So he throws the bomb. The bomb misses. Like, like hitting the car, it bounced off the back of the convertible top and hit the car, like rolled under the car behind it. Oh, no. And then exploded, okay? Not killing Fernand or his wife, their car was completely fine. Didn't kill the people that were in the car, but because, um, didn't kill the people that were in the car that actually like was impacted by the bomb. Right. But what it did was um, it, it injured like 20 people on the road. Just like people. Because it was a parade. So it injured the 20 people around, right? So Nettlejenko's like, okay, well, I guess I gotta go now. So he pops the cyanide pill. <laughs> And then jumps into the river, okay? Well, the cyanide pill was old, so it didn't kill him. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and the river was in its dry season, and it was only 13 centimeters deep at the time. Oh, so he just breaks no. both of his legs and starts violently vomiting. And the people <laughs> just saw this nigga throw a bomb, right? So then they come, and they just beat the shit out of this man in this <laughs> standing water. <laughs> Oh. And then the cops arrest him. Oh, and they so probably tragic. beat the shit out of him too, <laughs> presumably. Poor Nettlejenko. So at this point, 
Franz Ferdinand and his wife know that they're getting assassinated or there's assassination attempts. So they just like speed to the courthouse Mm -hmm. and the rest of the assassins that are like around, uh, they flee, they flee too. So all of them flee. Um, so the, the, they pass the intersection. Everybody flees except for, uh, Gavrilo Prisip, who, is dedicated to the cause and he's like, well, shit's not going right. We'll, I'll pro- we'll probably not get an attempt, like uh, another opportunity to try to assassinate this man. Cause everybody's, you know, red flags are up that something's going on, but I'm just going to hang out at this sandwich shop by the intersection up to the museum. Right? So the car passes the, uh, France Ferdinand passes the, uh, the intersection, and he heads to the courthouse where the mayor was uh, delivering a speech, and uh, Franz Ferdinand goes up and like interrupts the speech, and he's like, "Mr. Mayor, I came for a visit, and I'm greeted by bombs. It is outrageous." <laughs> <laughs> so Ferdinand then goes up and gives a speech. And uh, goes up to give a speech, but realizes that his speech is not on him. It was in the car that actually was hit by the bomb before uh, is where his speech were. So somebody had to like run back and get it, which is crazy that they did. But somebody ran back to go get the speech, which was covered in blood. Jesus Christ. So he he gets the speech, he delivers a speech and adds an addendum of like I love the people in the in the town of Cervejo because um they rejoiced at my at the fail of at the failure of my assassination attempt, which is funny because spoiler alert, he does eventually get assassinated. So it's just funny that he's like, yeah, you guys failed. Okay. All right. I was just yeah. shaking my head at yeah. his hubris. <laughs> I'm okay. in, I'm entranced right now. Okay, so so um they decided while they were at the courthouse, all the mayor, the the town leaders or whatever, decided with Franz Ferdinand and his wife um that they were not going to go to the museum as originally planned. They weren't going to go back into the middle of town to go up that road to the museum. What they were going to do was cut through the back alleys of the town and go visit the 20 people that were injured uh, from the bombing. So that's what they decided to do. They decided this within the courthouse and nobody decided to tell the drivers that that they changed the plans. So the drivers were informed that they were going to go to the hospital instead, but the hospital was like, if you went back into town up the intersection to the museum, the hospital was right down the street from the museum. So they just assumed, okay, we're taking that same route sure. back up, but instead of going it's to the, the museum, we're yeah. going to the hospital, right? They, um, so the drivers start going back into, you know, that on that main street, back into town. And then the people that were from the town, the officials that were from the town, and I will say it, it's now a five car profession, procession, and Franz profession <laughs> and and Franz um Fernand and his wife are now or the third car right so they start to go I think the mayor and them were in the first car and he he realizes they're going the wrong way so he tells his driver like oh hey we're actually going this way um 
And so these two, the first two cars cut off, right? To go the backwards route. And this route. is his security that's leaving? Correct. Well, it's like all of the, like cars with various officials. Okay. And some like police officer sure. and guards, right? Okay. Now, because I do need to point out that because the assassination attempt was, um, was happening, like they, so, so they decided to have a guard on um, the outs, to ride on the outside, like in a little buggy type thing on the okay. outside of, of Franz Ferdinand's car, on the left side of the car, because that's where the bomb came from. Okay. The sure. first time. I mean, technically it was the the right side, but they're driving down the in the opposite direction that you. they yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? So so there's somebody hanging out of the left side of the car. Also, <laughs> while they were back at the courthouse, someone told the um someone told the mayor like, "Hey, why don't we get the military to just line the street and uh and protect Franz Ferdinand. And the mayor was like, no, they don't have the outfits for the occasion. <laughs> and just said no. So that couldn't happen, right? Okay. We so anyway. We have our boys out there scaring the hose. So back to, back to where we were. So they're driving back down towards the middle of town. The mayor and whoever was in the second car realizes that they're going the wrong way. And uh, they veer off to go through the back alleys. Um, the two, the three back cars also realize, like, oh, no, we're, we're supposed to be going the back alleys. They veer off. But Franz Ferdinand is not from there, so he had no idea yeah, they were going the that wrong they way. were going the wrong way and not going through the back alleys. So he doesn't say shit. So now Franz Ferdinand is alone. His only safeguard is a dude that's on the left side, hanging out the left side of his car. At this point... They realize they're going the wrong way. So they're, they're about to pass the intersection. They realize they're going the wrong way. So the guy, it was the guard that's on the outside of, like, the left side of the car. He's like, oh, hey, we're supposed to be going the back way. And we lost all of our, like, people and protection. Mm-hmm. So we're, you're going to need to, like, stop reverse so we can go a back way. But the car couldn't reverse. <laughs> what? Their car, their car did not have reversible technology. It was 1914, but this was the only car in the procession that couldn't fucking reverse, right? So uh, they put him in the whack car. So the car, no reverse. I don't know. So the, probably because you could either have reverse or a convertible. You cannot have both. <laughs> in this, in this you world. can look dope or you can be safe. Exactly. So um, their car didn't reverse. They were going to have to basically. Stop the car and then like push it around backwards. So that's what they decided to do. So they're by the intersection when they make this plant up. They turn up the intersection directly next to the sandwich shop. The car stops and then the driver gets out so he could maneuver the car around um, by hand. Um, And then, and Gavrilo walks out of the sandwich shop and he sees the dude that he was commissioned to fucking assassinate just directly in front of him with his only protection being on the other side of the car because the dude is on the left side. So all Gavrilo does is walk like 20 steps forward, takes out his pistol and shoots Franz Ferdinand in the neck and then shoots the wife in the chest. Yeah. Uh, I'm just... 
that sucks. Yeah, okay. So he just like I just think it's so funny that he was just chilling in a sandwich yeah, shop and he, he was just, like, oh damn, let me put my pastrami down. <laughs> could you imagine being go, inside of a subway? <laughs> I gotta go kill this nigga real quick. So he goes out, he shoots him in the <laughs> neck, and then he shoots um Sophia, Franz Ferdinand's wife, in the chest. And he wasn't trying to shoot so- Sophia. He was trying to shoot the guard that's out the other side of the window. But when he shoots Franz Ferdinand, Sophia jumps up to like grab her husband. And that's and he accidentally shot her in the chest instead of shooting the guard mm. on the other side of the car. And he felt so bad about that that he went to go just put the pistol in his mouth and kill himself. But the pistol does not go off in time. And he's tackled by police officers and uh and is arrested and that's how france ferdinand died (laughs) a series of unfortunate events uh a couple of addendums to this story though um so he like when the trial was going on he uh repeatedly um gavrillo repeatedly like apologize like again and again and again for killing Sophia because she really had nothing to do with anything and she was a woman and he basically orphaned her kids so he felt just pretty awful about that after they arrested everyone and they went to trial the trial took a long time because all of the Bosnians were like Serbia the Serbians made us do it like we didn't actually want to be here the Serbians made us be here so it ends up like everyone got a pretty light sentence so I'm just going to go through the sentences real quick Iliak or Ilik the guy the Serbian who kind of got these Bosnians together he was hanged um um because it was basically considered an act of war which then led to World War One right so that guy pretty much started World War One single-handedly so he was hanged um, Gavrilo and Nedeljenko, uh, they got 20 years, even though Gavrilo was the one that, um, that actually shot him. Mm-hmm. Both of them were like 17. So because they were sure. so young and they both had, um, tuberculosis, they right. were given 20 years, but they both died in prison from TB. Mm. Vasco was given, uh, 16 years and Jetko was given 13 years. Mohammed, though, Mohammed ran away. <laughs> he fleed. Um, and he went to Montenegro to like live out the rest of his life. But then one day was somebody was like, nigga, wasn't you that guy that was involved in the conspiracy? And he was like, oh, yeah, I am that guy. But so much time had passed, they just gave him four years. People, though, have a conspiracy that Muhammad was actually like a snitch and was working for uh, both sides because he didn't he didn't pull the trigger when he was supposed to. He was the one being all loud that they were worried about in the beginning. Oh, sure. Um, and he only got four year a four year sentence, and it's like they let you leave, and then everybody else got arrested. They let you leave, and then you only got a four year. Didn't sentence. try to hunt you down or exactly. Nothing. So. That is my story. That was wild. Wait, so what did you have? Funny. It was funny. funny. Okay. It's hilarious. Okay. 
Well, it's also kind of bad. And, I and that concerned. it caused two yeah. world wars and led yeah. to Nazism. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, look true. at the bright side. If those two world wars hadn't have happened, none of us might even be here right now. What? <sighs> How? Butterfly effect. Right. Okay. With Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. I uh, don't know if I would. I, You know, I'd give up my existence for <laughs> For the world wars to not happen. For yeah, for I'd no Holocaust. Yeah. yeah, I'd be cool with that. You know what? Why I find this story to be so funny though is that so much came out of this event. So many people died off of this event, and it was just the the shit show of a fucking century. Mm-hmm. Everyone was kind of a bumbling idiot, uh, and bad at and like the fact that he was actually assassinated truly just happened by accident because his car didn't go in reverse. Damn. And the mayor didn't want people lying in the street because they wasn't in the right uniform to bring. Think of how many people died because of... There were so many opportunities for this to not occur. And and that it did occur was pure accidental. Like, I don't know. Uh, It's just fascinating to me. And it's very silly. History is very silly. It's sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it kind of bummed me out very silly. I don't know I feel like as comedians though it's kind of our job to look at things through that lens yeah I and think you're just a being a, an asshole right now because that story is so fucking funny. I mean it's funny it's definitely funny like dude it, it, it's dude just, trying also... to kill himself and then just breaking both of his legs oh, that's hilarious <laughs> and then getting For the sure. shit beat out of him <laughs> For sure. And he is already he's, dying of TB at this time. So it's and the fucking cyanide. He's like puking up blood and foam and shit. You know, You're like I don't give a fuck, dude. We saw you throw that bomb, dumbass. Why didn't he just? He had a pistol. Why didn't he just? Because he was on a bridge. I would assume he was elevated on a bridge. So the pistol to, was. It was be too too far. Shot. That's a big risk. Assuming the cyanide capsule takes effect before you hit the ground or would you think i he was think just... that he was going he thought that the river had enough water in it oh yeah sure he, i forgot about that i forgot about the shallow river like i forgot about the what a die floating down the fucking the river but yeah that's the story that's actually wow. not a bad plan if that had worked absolutely. out absolutely but it went so funny and wrong like you know what I'm wondering though is if he had TB, all those people that beat the crap out of him, did they also get? I don't think that's how you get. Isn't it airborne? TB. I mean, yeah, but I mean, people still survived in society around people with TB. Mm. It, that's why, it, like, generally affected people that were like in close quarters with mm. with those. Effects. So if you're living in like a small one bedroom tenement, you know, yeah, you're probably gonna get TB, but. So that was another uh, question of mine, though. You may have said this, but um, did they choose people who were already dying to do the assassination? Um, no, sort of because like Muhammad mission? was not actively dying. The only the ones that had TV, TB were Gavrilo, Nedeljenko, and Vaso were the three. I don't believe that the rest of them were dying. I will say that during this portion of of uh european history that it was it was a they were involved in like a, a nationalist organization there was a lot of political organizations 
around at the time. And it probably was just people that were pro Bosnian independence. So they just plucked people who were willing to die, uh, die for the cause. But the people most willing to die for the cause were the ones who were already dying. Who were already I got dying. the consumption. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's fascinating. I learned that consumption here on this show. <laughs> yeah, if I if I knew that I was dying, I'd probably do some crazy oh shit. Oh my god, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily kill other people, but I would I would definitely do things that I wouldn't do if I wasn't dying. I was about to if it was tell on myself I'm, right now, and I will shut the fuck up. What were you going to say? I believed in. I, I I'm, I'd be down. I was I was going to say I would be all in on some conspiracies. <laughs> I'd take out a leader or two if I was about to die, man. Fuck it. I mean, yeah, Fuck if it. it was for a good cause, I yeah, I would. David but. Duke, is that nigga still alive? Yeah, I'll pop that nigga for, for sure. Is David Duke still I feel like I David think he Duke is died. still alive. I don't even know who that is. <clears throat> it started the uh, the uh, clan, right? He didn't start the clan, but he or did. He's like a prominent clan leader. He did. He was responsible for the resurgence of the clan after it had kind of petered out and like keeping those ties alive. It was just a prominent fucking racist and has been for forever. Mm. That's my story. That was great. Yeah, who's this woman that we're talking about now? Oh, okay. This week, my white woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my this week, my white woman is named Alicia Beth Moore. All right, that is very white. Do either of you guys have any idea no. who not, that is? Not with a name that basic, I do not. It's pink. <gasps> yeah. Interesting, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I knew her name was Alicia, and, you know, if you look at her face, like, <laughs> that's, that's an Alicia, that's yeah, an for, Alicia sure. for sure. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Um... So this is going to be pretty rough. Um, to be honest, I spent more time on my story for next week. So I had like so much more to go through for it. But uh, but the, I don't know. I just I just wrote some stuff down that I thought was interesting. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So her uh, parents, her mom was a nurse and her dad was a Vietnam vet. Uh, and he was also an insurance salesman and he was also like an activist like he, you know like when pink was a little kid uh he took her to like march on washington and um like basically you know just like instilled in her like to fight for things that you believe yeah. in uh-huh. um <clears throat> also it was his dream that he never um uh accomplished uh to be a rock star yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a white dad for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh she also had a brother who um got bullied in school a lot and she like didn't like that. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right. So like she had uh kind of a rough uh like teenage situation, um, you know, cause she was just like a rebel rouser and uh, she, like, got kicked out of her house and stuff, and um, at one point, uh, she got a job at Wendy's, and she only worked there for, like, 
an hour and she was like nah fuck this yeah it's a rough job and she was like you know she just left and then um like you know she said she was going on break because it was like sure yeah but she left and then she called like a while later and she was just like oh yeah i'm not gonna come back i got a record deal (laughs) did she really nope (laughs) nope wait who did she tell this to like her manager at wendy's Uh, why because well she because that's i think what she wanted to have had happen Mm. It was like a fantasy. She yeah. Was manifesting. It was aspirational. Yeah. But like to her manager at Wendy's, who's just like, dude, I don't know. I just want you to come here and make these burgers square. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to make the burgers square. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she said like uh, six months later, she did get a record deal. And she felt like it was because she manifested it by telling her Wendy's manager. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's manager. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> she, uh, she started out, oh, her, um, the guy that I guess, uh, like discovered her was L.A. Reed, who, by the way, was also the guy who discovered Avril Lavigne. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. L.A. Reed is, uh, uh, notorious in the young white girl musicians. And man, like yeah, really. he also, I'm pretty sure discovered like all the boy bands too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. All, all I know is Pink and Avril The white pop singer industrial mm-hmm. complex. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting, just a side note, is that L.A. Reid has, his legacy, I mean, at least in the black community, is taking, um, is taking things from black pop artists and giving it to his little, his little white kids to do to just like take it and make it popular, which mm-hmm. is something that he did with Pink, mm-hmm. and he also did with the Backstreet Boys mm-hmm. because they were Boys to Men were out, and they were like the first like singing dancing group, and then he created the Backstreet Boys to do the exact same thing, and they became more popular than Boys to Men, which is crazy. That's a that's a like an industry standard though that goes all the way back to like Motown. Absolutely, absolutely, but that's that's what a story for another is, time. Yeah. Known for. Well, that actually makes sense because she uh, like started out uh, singing R and B and like trying to like have like these girl groups. Like they were trying to get like some some R and B girl groups together that she was in. But I guess like for some reason that didn't really pan out. That makes sense. And and so then L A Reid was like, you know, you can just go solo if you just want to do that. And so then then she did. Um, and uh, and she made the album um, Misunderstood, which wasn't not her first album. I guess her first album was actually an R and B album, but mm-hmm. um, I remember. But the Misunderstood album was that. was the one where she came out as like pink. The album Misunderstood got me through my teenage years. Okay. I'm I loved that album so much, and in it she talks. She has a song about like being a kid and dealing with your parents dysfunctional relationship and them arguing and fighting all the time and i i vividly remember me um making my mom sit down and listen to that song because it like moved me so much and it was like such a perfect encapsulation of what i was going through wait which song 
Um, it's called Family. Family Portrait. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, speaking of that song was based on her own childhood. Um, like, I guess, you know, like her parents were like fighting all the time and shit. And then finally, uh, they got a divorce and um, she was actually really happy about it, which, mm-hmm. you know, because I, like, I always wish that my parents had gotten a divorce. Yeah, I think that's a lot of kids experiences because mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like our generation is like the first one. I mean, it's it's not every kid's experience. I'm just saying it's a lot of kids experience because I think that um, our generation is the first one where people like marry for love mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of like sticking together because circumstance like because the generation before us was the first one to like be comfortable with divorce and i feel like all of their kids were like oh yeah you could just like truly like the person that you're with yeah, <laughs> there was also this mentality of we've got to stick together for the kids exactly and uh i really wish you hadn't I really wish you fucking <laughs> had dude dude that's what i keep trying to tell my friends like you know who are currently married and have kids and are always complaining about how unhappy they are i'm always like do not stay together for your kids because your kids don't want to feel like they ruined your life yeah Yeah. definitely yeah yeah it just doesn't seem to sink in but i i don't know like maybe those people had parents who didn't get a divorce and were just kind of silently uncomfortable yeah or like um like my mom got a divorce and it really fucked my brother up so like she just I'm not gonna get a divorce but like yeah I, I think I, it's fuck. a lose-lose situation as a parent it's rough but, but at the same time it's like there's choices that you that you can make to limit the damage that it does to your kid it's not healthy for your kid to sit around and look at their parent their mom being mistreated or their dad being mistreated or whatever that's not healthy, but it is it is uh, a lot for a kid to go through with their parents not being together. Mm. But it is also your responsibility as a parent to fill your children's lives with like adults who love them and to show them like to to show them that marriage is not the end all be all yeah, and, and things like it can be really hard on kids, but it's also like the idea of this picture perfect union that's going to last forever is just something we should stop fucking yeah, telling that's also people. really damaging to kids um, because that's where the damage comes in Definitely. you know we should be you know being like hey you're loved you're taken care of you have shelter you you know all of these things instead of emphasizing you know being with a partner for forever yeah um so I guess, like, it was, like, around that time, like, when, like after her parents got a divorce and she was, like, happy about it, um, her mom sent her to therapy, and then the therapist uh, told her mom that she put the wrong person in therapy. <laughs> like, it should have been. Damn. Damn. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's crazy to me because that exact situation happened to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or when my grandparents got a divorce... And I was happy about it. My grandma sent me to therapy, and my therapist was like, "No, I think I think she's the one who's who's sane here." Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Especially because yeah. your grandparents got back together. They did. Yeah. What? 
Yeah, my, when I was like 11 or 12, my grandparents got divorced and then they got back together after like a year. Interesting. And yeah, it was it was a really weird time. Yeah. That sounds rough. I'm sorry. My my grandma was like really upset about like being divorced and I just kept trying to be like why like things are so much more peaceful, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's not like we didn't have money. We had, you know, we still Some had all the money. Some people can't handle being alone though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's but. my like ugh. I wish more people could be okay with being alone. I feel like a lot of bad relationships would end if people were okay being with themselves for long stretches of time. Mm-hmm. All right, fun fact uh, about Pink is uh, she has asthma. That's not a fun fact at all. Well, I mean, she's like a, a singer. Like, she performs in concert for hours. Plus, she does acrobatics while she's singing. That is true. That is a good point. Fun. All right. Th- I guess that is a pretty fun fact then. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, so, yeah, when she was uh, kind of like young, younger, starting out in her career, she met uh, Carrie Hart. And they, they've had a very up and down relationship, I think, even still. I don't really know where they're at now, but I, as, fa- as far as my research, I think they're still married and doing just fine. But um, does anyone uh, dispute that? Do you guys? I don't. That? I don't even know who Carrie Hart is. He uh, was like a like a motocross racer. Yeah. Okay, that tracks. That makes sense. She proposed to uh, Carrie with a sign while he was racing in a race and he like he like came over to her like he stopped and she was like no 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 like you gotta keep going i'm not gonna marry a loser that's funny (laughs) yeah uh then yeah they had two kids willow sage heart and jameson moon heart (laughs) which i like the name willow sage heart but i feel like jameson moon is a little i hate sage and moon um Mm. i do love the name willow though it's Mm -hmm. a great name strong name yeah um. Wait, what did I say her husband's name was? Did I Carrie. say? Okay, Carrie good. Because I also wrote Casey. Because <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's a stupid name. Well, it's For yeah, a it's man. just a, it, yeah, it's just a late. It's like a weird spelling. It's C A R E Y. Ew. Yeah. Um, I just saw somebody named like I came across someone named Weldon. 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 That's not a real. That's name. not a real fucking name. But he owns a hardware store, so I was like, yeah, of course, Weldon owns a hardware store. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty great. That's, that's clever. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so her her mom told her, uh, "I never knew parenting could be this enjoyable until I saw you do it." <gasps> what a devastating thing for your mother wow. to say to you. Good God, yeah. bitch, go to therapy. That therapist yeah. was right. You <laughs> yeah. were the. Come on, lady. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. My my dad was pretty cool. Yeah, he was always doing fun stuff with us, like flying kites and going out and picking up golf balls. I like what? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was that we did. But that's I was gonna say that that type of shit though. Just like being that's because parenting is really not that hard. They just want to experience life with you. You could mm-hmm. do literally anything, and they're just happy to be there with you. That's that's pretty much it. But that's how I learned about gravity was with golf balls. Because, like, we had them in a bucket, and we would, like, swing the bucket around, and the golf balls wouldn't fall out of the bucket. That's not gravity. That's well, it's centripetal like centri- force. Yeah, but, like, the center. Yeah. 
Okay. I just wanted to make it's sure you knew that wasn't. Involved. Okay. It is, okay. but okay. Um <laughs> That's how Stacy became a scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Stacy Stark. Um oh this is another thing that uh also happened to me uh when she was a kid. She had um like some kind of a party, like a birthday party or whatever. And uh you know, like went through like all this planning, like setting everything up, and then nobody came. <gasps> I think I've revealed this at least to you, but that's like my biggest fear. Mm-hmm. If I planned a party and no one showed up, I, I'd, I'd kiss myself for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. It's devastating. But that would never happen to me. So. But uh, but she said like her mom uh, like did all the like activities. Like with her that they were supposed to do at the party, and she said it ended up being like the best day that she's had with her mom. Aww. Well, at least her mom did that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, so she went to a, a share concert, and um, like that's when she saw like all the acrobats and everything. Mm-hmm. And she was like, later, like she asked like one of the acrobats, she was like, how come, you know, like people do this but then like other people are singing how come it's not like the acrobat singing and they were like well because i'm using like my diaphragm to twist and like move myself around Uh and you're using your diaphragm to sing and she was like well i like a challenge Mm. (laughs) so good for her so then that's how she started doing her little flippy nonsense (laughs) yeah that's how she started Doing acrobatics and like flying around while singing in concert. I didn't know she did that. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually to see it. We should go see a share, uh, Pink show together. It's probably really expensive. I actually like really dislike it. Really? <laughs> I know you really do. Like <laughs> I felt like I felt weird doing this story. Like when you walked in here and you saw me watching that documentary, and she was like, "Oh yeah, she always be flying around." <laughs> 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 I don't know why it like just pisses me off. I think it's like it's it's I, I think it's uh when I when I watched the show Rocket Power, like I wanted to love that show so bad. But I was like, these kids are show offs and they have too many talents. And I think that's how I feel about about Pink and her flippy nonsense. Like, bitch, stick to something. One thing. Pick a lane. I don't know. Leave it to Cirque du Soleil, ho. Like it's stop. I mean, why though? Why, like, if you're, you know, that rich and famous and you can do whatever you want, why not fly around and? I mean, she's legally allowed to, but I'm a hater, (laughs) so (laughs) I don't like it. I don't know. I just think it probably makes for a more interesting show rather than just having them on the stage, you know? Sure. Because they can like fly, they can go anywhere in the arena, like she does. Like she'll like land in like different spots in the arena, and like. (laughs) I don't like that either. (laughs) What? I paid to see you on stage, not flying around. Exactly. Exactly. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You can think it's cool, Stacey. I just think it's dumb. I think it's weird that you guys hate it so much. I hate it so much. Jesse. I just... don't even know about it. I'm just <laughs> dunking on this thing you like because it's fun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, like, that crazy about it. I just, you know, I don't hate it. I, I think it's kind of cool. It's just like, girl, be still. I'm trying to get a picture. <laughs> what? I said, I'm trying to take a picture. Stop fucking jumping around. 
Okay. That, she is probably harder to throw stuff at, though. I will say that. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me. She uh, she said she wanted to do like a like a magic carpet type thing with like drones, but she can't do it because drones are hackable and someone might steal her. I hope they do. I. <laughs> the greatest heist in history. That would be so fucking funny. Yeah. Um. Okay, what else? I'm else? glad though that her the who like the team she works with thought of that. Yeah. Because I feel like most uh production teams would not think about mm-hmm. the hackability of the drones. So good on her. She has a good fucking team behind her. It's true. Mm-hmm. So um you know how like famous people like for some reason have like a random country that just like really loves them? Mm-hmm. Uh, hers is Australia. Australians are obsessed with pink, oh, apparently. That, that's, yeah, she probably reminds them of kangaroos. Because mm. she's always hopping around. She's always hopping around. Yeah. She's like kangaroo colored. What? I don't know. <laughs> she's not not kangaroo colored. <clears throat> so also, uh, speaking of the flying around, um, the first time that she tried to do that in concert, uh <laughs> The, okay, so she has, like, two girls on either side of her that, like, attach the, like, carabiners to the uh-huh. circle thing around her waist. And one of the girls uh, didn't attach it right away because um, it was upside down. And, uh, and like, Pink, like, she tried to, like, warn the people running it, like, don't, you know, don't do it yet. But I guess they didn't see that. And so she only had one attached to her. And it just, like, pulled her off the stage, like, <laughs> like under the ground. That's so funny. But um, she said, uh, um, she said, I'm not going to miss a beautiful day just because the day before hurt. That's what she said about it. I hate her. I mean, <laughs> honestly. And it's really difficult for me because I was such a pink fan when I was growing up. Like I said, misunderstood got me through like my early teenage years. But everything else. What trash? Like, what's so upsetting? I don't really, I don't know. Can you explain to me your disdain? <laughs> like she, she named her kids. It's kind of just the, the whole package. The moon. Yeah. yeah, it's like the whole, the whole thing. And she always be fucking flipping. She come <laughs> up with dumbass little sayings like that. Flippant. Flipping. Oh, sorry, I got you. Um, but she is flippant with her stupid ass sayings. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I will not live, die tomorrow, whatever the fuck she, to what die, she say. I'm, today is better to die another day. <laughs> uh, she also said uh, she does her own hair like before concerts uh, because it's meditative and it's the only time she has to be alone. See, this is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. Oh um, my God, you have time to like learn how to flip around and do your own hair. <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. you, Pink. Fuck you, Pink. Um, she also, she's never going to be on this podcast now. What? She's never going to be on this podcast now. Good. You know what? I bet if we got to a point where we could get Pink on our podcast, I don't think either of you would say no. I would say no. Yeah. Fuck Pink. She can flip on you know, down okay, to this, another podcast. This would be the only reason why I would say no is because she always says the same stuff. Like I Okay, so oh, I listen uh-huh. to so many interviews and... Like, I mean, partially, you know, people ask the same questions over and over and over again. But um, but she has these like rehearsed answers, which 
you hear it one time you think like oh you know what a cool thoughtful person you hear it 10 times you're like i've heard you say this exact same yeah. thing so it's like many it's times. like a comic like, but like with her insi- insights about mm-hmm. that's i don't like that yeah it's uncomfortable but like it's like just be in the moment you know like you don't have to have these rehearsed answers for everything you know yeah but um so she uh, i guess was invited to prince harry's um birthday party Uh um i didn't i didn't really take notes on this part i'm just talking about it so i could be wrong which one's harry is he the one that moved here i have no idea i don't know i have no idea i know there's like an ugly bald one and a good-looking, not bald one, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's the, my knowledge of the royal family. I don't know which one it was, but it was one of those guys, and uh, he uh, like he invited her to her birthday party. But then she saw um, this article, I guess, about him uh, hunting like elephants and shit, like it's for the, fun. It's the ugly bald one. Oh, yeah, and uh, and so she was like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna." Go to your birthday party because you suck, and I don't know. Yeah, interesting. That's really gross. That yeah, he hunts elephants. But I, I just, I, I think it's so interesting to like be in that, like, type of a position where you can be like, you feel like you're on like a level playing field with uh, with of, someone. Of a prince. And yeah, and then and then you're like, nah, dude. Like, I don't like your leisure See, activities and that's exactly what we were talking about with if pink was ever invited on our podcast you know we're not on her level but i'd still tell her no <laughs> that's okay. a good point yeah all right more power to you i guess <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah so i don't know she's really into like animal rights and really outspoken about fur and like she said like um if you can sit and watch a video of how like a fur coat is made like from beginning to end of like the killing of the animal like all the way to the end then go for it you know buy that fur coat but you okay know, but if you can't if you can't handle that then you probably shouldn't be you know i fur. so like i just don't give a fuck about animal activism but i will say fur coats are just ugly and that's what makes me angry like to go through all of that trouble to kill something just for the for the results to just be fucking hideous yeah yeah also they're not machine washable that's what i'm saying you like the, you go through all of this effort and this is the result and i don't understand i don't understand it i, I understand think they it. can be kind of balling i'm not gonna lie like i've never seen a fur like a fur coat that was balling ever really mm-hmm. i don't know i think i could pull it off i think i think that what people find fashionable is usually ugly and garish like what signifies someone as being, you know, of the upper echelon of society? Like there's the upper upper echelon of society where their shit is put together, and then there's like that tier right below that with everything that they like is just flashy and garish and obscene, and fur coats are that. Unless you're like, you know, um, you live in like Russia and like. Helps. You need that shit because it's so fucking cold. Mm. Uh, I get that, but yeah, not not here. I think it's pretty cold here. Not that damn cold. Not, not cold enough to. Wear I, I think I look good in like. And we paper. discovered down. 
That is true. That's, so, man, that's fuck true. y'all. You know? Like, I'd look great in a beaver pelt, though. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. You've yes, never I looked would. great in your life, Jesse. I look great right now. You look like Kevin Smith right now. Okay. So, anyway, um, when I was a little kid, uh, I guess I guess I, uh, I felt a rabbit fur at some point. And, um, and then I told my dad that I wanted seven rabbit furs for Christmas. But I was a little kid, so I didn't, like, make the connection in my brain of, like, oh, they're going to kill seven rabbits and then give me I'm the sorry, fur. I'm sorry, what were you going to do with the rabbit's fur? I don't know. I was a child. Yeah, okay, but... Kids like, have weird requests. Yeah, okay, yes, that is true. But, like... I, I guess I'm trying like to understand. Never seven is it, rabbit is it like like a bearskin rug that's just like the outline of a rabbit? Is just mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what y'all do in Iowa, but I've literally never heard of someone asking for one rabbit fur. Let alone seven. Let alone seven. <laughs> I, like, what do you do? Is it a decorative piece? What is it? Well, I used them as like yeah, like fur. you got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad took the request seriously and. And I guess he had a friend who was like, he was like, "Yo, I got, I got the rabbit plug." What? And so he had his friend go out and kill seven rabbits for me. Okay, we, fuck, we need what? to go on a podcast trip to Iowa and meet Stacy's family. I don't want to meet. Like. St- I don't even want to go to Iowa if that's <laughs> what they're doing out there. My dad really wants to meet you guys. Little so. fur request, absolutely not. Can your dad get me seven rabbit first? Like, yeah, he would. This story would. is fucking insane to me because because one. You so very casually said, one day I touched a rabbit fur. Like, I've never heard of that in a, um, like, in a context like that. Not, it wasn't like I touched a blank object made out of rabbit fur. Like, a rabbit fur, da-da-da. They sell them at stuff like Johnny Appleseed or like Ren Fairs. White people gotta be stopped. And crazy. I also I had one rabbit fur as a child because I wanted it oh my really God, bad. Y'all are killing but me. Seven of them oh is God. crazy. I'm 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 in shock. I'm in shock. I'm gonna have to do like investigation of all of this because I truly had no idea they were just selling. Let's go. We'll go to Johnny Appleseed I will, this year. I, and I don't want do people it. to see me looking. I'll do my investigation. No, we're gonna go. Own. We're gonna go as a group, and it'll be a uh, field investigation. That is crazy. On the state of uh, the rabbit fur market. Okay. I really don't know what the utilitarian purpose is. I of think a it's purely fur. decorative, or like you could make something okay. out of it. I'm so. We can't continue on this, but my mind is blown right now. Why can't we continue? It's our podcast. Uh, you damn right it is, but also I got other shit to do today. Okay. So I just feel like this is What's the more most important than this. This is the most important thing. <laughs> you think this is the most important thing? I quit stand up. We're just doing I the have, podcast. Now. I have so many questions. Okay. Like who started this pro- process? Is it just like a gift that's handed to every white child <laughs> on a birthday or something. <laughs> when you turn 13, you're gifted <laughs> your rabbit your fur. Rabbit fur. Like, I, I was already blown away that you said rabbit fur. Like, it was just a thing, but, like, it is just a thing for you to get a rabbit fur. Yeah. Like, with no purpose, it's just... Yeah, you've never been to, like... Uh, like one of those old timey no, reenactment festivals? Absolutely oh, yeah, not. I guess, yeah, that would make sense. But you're such a nerd. Right. 
But but not that kind? No, nah, it's just when y'all be reenacting stuff, you leave some things out. Yeah, we, it's, reena- it's reenacting a, a time. In a way, um, it's just not history accurate, you know? And y'all be feeling really good about yourselves at these events, and I just, I'm, that's not my, that's not my uh, cup of tea. I just like the outfits. I like the turkey legs. I get it. I hate turkey legs. And the beer. Uh, I can get beer. Johnny Appleseed, Appleseed has this delicious pumpkin ice cream every year. It's fire. I think I'll live my life without that. That's fine. The onion straw. Right. You you can you can get beer anywhere, but when you're at a Renaissance festival, you can buy a special mug, which I have one sitting in there. It's that blue one. Oh, I'm throwing um, that shit away. No, that's... I'm kidding. It was very expensive. I feel like Ren Fairs are different because... Uh, that's from like surf times. What? Okay. So like, you could enjoy like a red fair, right? It's they're, from they're, like a different. They have they have like they sell a, knives. A different time. And like yeah. Mm, I don't understand what you mean. It's by like that. pre-colonial, so mm-hmm. like before Europe came to Africa. So there's not that historic. Uh, subjugation of your people. Mm. It's not really the subjugation of my people that is my problem. Uh-huh. As I stated, it's that y'all be feeling good about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, that's my problem. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me, let me, let me spell this out for you. You're wearing. <laughs> you're wearing an old timey outfit. Okay. Uh huh. You buy a really cool mug, mm-hmm. and you can just fill it with beer from like different like beer stands right. and then there's all knives. day and then you set it on and, your rabbit front. and just walk around a park where other people are also dressed in old-timey clothes mm-hmm. and doing old-timey things okay <laughs> and they and they sell knives and like jewelry and other kinds of stuff and like there's all kinds of activities and you're just drunk dressed okay. up walking around a park all day okay. does that not sound that awesome pretty fun okay but it's filled with you know Happy white people. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some black. I, I can't say for certain I've ever seen a black person. At I, I know festival. my. I, I have a. I have a mixed friend who just went to a run fair recently. So I'm sure did, they're around sometimes. Did they enjoy themselves? Yeah, he loves shit like that. That sounds like a, I would. But love he's to like to married fair. to a happy white man. He uh, likes that in his life. I like my white people. Are you talking about Corey? Depressed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that why you hang out with me? Yeah. Um, All my white friends are sad. <laughs> Except for Stacy now. I'm going to have to cut her out of my life because she's confident right now. Just buy a bunch <laughs> of rabbit furs and then destroy them in front of her. Okay. Oh, yeah. I use the rabbit furs as, like, fur carpets for my Barbies. That's very cute, actually, and would love that. But that, I love that for you and, like, your junkyard people. <laughs> Iowan, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> Dad is a junkyard person. <laughs> that just sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I usually call them junkyard whites when I was being nice for the podcast. <laughs> I called them people. <laughs> and you're still on my goddamn case about it. Anyway, I, I no, I do love that because it's like, you know, reuse, recycle or whatever. I know they actively murdered the rabbits for it, but I love that you used it as a... As like a little bearskin rug for your Eaten. for your Barbies. That's cute. Thank you. Thank the, you. Why did you ask for seven specifically? Yeah, I was a, a child. I don't know. Kids do weird things. <laughs> he got you all seven, not like three. No, he got me all seven. 
is that all you got for was this your birthday no it's for christmas my dad works uh like in like a le- like he owns a leather shop right he made me a sick ass wallet right so i'm sure he like he has these friends who have these resources and he gets a discount um, I every time I think about or like I hear about Stacy's dad, it is always skirting the line between is he a good father or is he a psychopath? Both. <laughs> and I can't, I can't, because like this story is prime example. Like, because I feel like I love that you that he did he did what you asked him to yeah. do and like followed your interest, but I also feel like at some point he could have been like, okay, that's not a reasonable <laughs> request. How about the one that you're allotted as a white child? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I what I wish he would have done instead of just getting them for me? I wish that he would have told me how they were made and then asked, do you Are you want sure them? you want to murder seven rabbits? Well, have yeah. seven rabbits murdered in your... Mm. In your yeah. Yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wish would have happened. Stacy's bloodlust can't be <laughs> quenched. <laughs> Stacy would have been like, "Yes, I do," and let me see it. <laughs> I want to watch. I probably would have said no at that point, but I didn't know because I was I was a dumb child. Oh, watership down. Uh, those poor fucking Barbies just walking every day on the <laughs> the skin. Remains of <laughs> These fucking rabbits. <laughs> These rabbits that died for no reason. Did you know they cry when you kill them? It sounds like a baby. Oh. Okay. All right. So my, my story is pretty much over, but I have one one last thing to say in closing. Okay. Uh, this is a quote. Uh, Pink said, I feel like you choose your life before you get here. You choose your parents. You choose your obstacles. You choose the lessons you need to learn. And... Uh, I uh, choose to get seven rabbit pelts for Christmas. Th- okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that was Before a lesson I needed born. to learn. She was born. Stacy was destined to get her seven fucking rabbit <laughs> pelts. But I, I just, I just, that stood out to me because I've always felt that way. Like I remember choosing my life before I was inserted into it. Do so you guys feel that way? No. That's crazy. And that's yeah. the, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Well, that's not very nice. But okay, I'm sorry. I'm putting myself out here, you know. Well, I gotta tell you what you say. Put that's kind of dub. Yeah, put yourself back in. <laughs> okay, but like I just I have memories, and I remember doing that. So thank okay, you. I'm Thanks sorry for calling me dumb. I I didn't call you dumb. I called, I called you crazy. what that saying was was dumb, and the and the fact that you believe that, I called that dumb too. But not you. I I honestly the bit was shitting all over Stacy's story that kind of developed, but I do kind of feel bad. For I, I, for I do too. I'm sorry, Stacy. You're not no crazy reason. or dumb. I was. It was a good story, and I like pink or whatever. I, I stand by the pink thing. But no, I don't know. I just remember um, before I was inserted into my life. I remember like seeing my mom and just having like a general idea of like the direction that I needed to go in. Interesting. Yeah. And like the things that I wanted for myself. Mm-hmm. That's truly insane. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm going to have to chew on that it's for a, thing a long that, time. It, it, it's a thing that happens when you get reincarnated. I'm going to have to chew on it even longer. Okay. When you're going to bring Eastern medicine into it. My story is about a boy named Colton Harris Moore. Do you guys know who that is? More. 
Colton Harris Moore. Oh, that's 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 pink. Alicia Beth Moore. Her last name was Moore. Also. Oh, well, may, they might be related. And they both had three names. That's so true. You said, what is his name? Colton Harris Moore. 50 Cent. No. You might <laughs> know him better as the Barefoot Bandit. I don't know who okay. that is. Seriously, I'm, I'm really surprised you don't know who the Barefoot Bandit oh is. Okay. Does he go around stealing stuff without shoes on? Does he go well, around he stealing does. shoes? He does not steal with shoes. With no hands is, on? I think he's <laughs> anti-shoe. That was the shoe. dumbest thing you've ever said. It is. It's not. Sometimes it's I not. get real silly. Sometimes I'm just a silly guy. Okay. okay. So Colton Harris Moore was born in Mount Vernon, Washington in 1991. Colton was raised by his mother uh, on Kamano Island, Washington. Uh, and his father was in and out of prison his whole life. His relationship with his tum- his mother was really tumultuous. She was quoted saying that there was something wrong with Cole as young as the first grade, claiming that he felt disconnected. Did um, she put him in therapy and the therapist was like, no, nah, it's you, bitch. Unfortunately not. Uh, the neighbors called several times. Uh, they called, CP- or called CPS several times, fearing uh, like uh, abuse if or neglect, if not outright abuse. Mm-hmm. And at seven years old, Colton began living in the woods off and on, and he would steal from empty vacation homes in the area because he lived on a small island. It is. It's genius. You said he lived on a small island? Yes. Interesting. Um, So by 13, well, it was called Kamano Island, I'm assuming it's an island, but maybe it's a town called Kamano Island. Are you sure it's not pronounced Kamono Island? I was going to ask that. It's C-A-M-A-N-O. I double-checked right before I started. Oh, okay. Okay. so, but by 13, he had been caught a bunch of times. He had a f- total of four different uh, theft charges against mm-hmm. him. And while he was in juvenile uh, holding or whatever, he was diagnosed with chronic depression, ADD, and intermittent explosive disorder. What? Uh, it, that's exactly what it sounds like. You intermittently just like explode with rage. Uh, his mother uh, apparently also did the same thing. She drank really heavily and would just like start breaking shit around the house. I feel like that diagnosis is just doctors being like, we don't fucking know. Yeah, we have no idea what's Sometimes he gets real out. He just out. gets real mad. <laughs> but, like, if you, uh, like, this kid's home life was fucking terrible. Bruce you know? Banner disease. <laughs> they should call it what? <laughs> Bruce Banner disease. That? That's, the, oh, that's the, Hulk. the Hulk's name. Um, in so 2008, while Colton was staying in a group home, he fled and began a crime spree stretching all the way to Illinois. Again, he is in Washington. And what he would do is Hold he on, would... give me a second. I have a hard time with... Washington's on the West Coast. Washington, the state. State, yes. All the way to Illinois. All the way to Illinois. He would steal cars in Washington, and they'd end up in Idaho or okay. some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and all the while, he, would, he was doing the same thing where he was breaking into empty vacation homes, Right. And just like he would post up, he would take a shower, he would feed himself, he'd watch TV, he'd hang out, and he would do so barefoot. Okay. Uh, it, but eventually this escalated. Um, how, did, how did they know that? They, there were footprints. Uh, there were barefoot footprints. So he's breaking into these homes, right? Mm-hmm. Barefoot. He's eating their food and shit, bathing. Uh, but then that escalated into stealing stuff like laptops. Uh, he even stole uh, somebody's credit card information. It's like you shouldn't leave your shit at the vacation home. Very true. Uh, he ordered bear mace and a, a sixty-five hundred dollar pair of night vision goggles. Jesus. <laughs> he is living in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then later on that year, he <laughs> robbed a grocery store. I'm interested. I'm sorry, but I'm interested to know. What? How he knew that these were vacation homes. I'm interested to know if he, he like, was at the supermarket. Like, I, th- oh. I think he was just able to, like, identify really nice them just by years home. of experiences. Shame if something were to happen. Exactly. To <laughs> uh, he ended up robbing a grocery store later that year, and he left behind a backpack. Um, full of evidence that had tied him to all of these break-ins, mm-hmm. uh, including like a camera with a bunch of pictures on it. So facing a bunch of prison time, he steals a plane uh, and ends up crash-landing it in uh, y- Yakima. He ends up crash-landing it in Yakima, Washington. It's pronounced Yakima. I don't think so. <laughs> um, and he did. He learned how to fly planes by playing flight simulators mm-hmm. on one of his stolen laptops, which I think is fucking kind of dope. Um, so in Yakima, he robs several more grocery stores in the area. And this time he leaves behind a calling card. And that's uh, outlined, like chalk footprints, like leading out the grocery store door with a little note that said, see ya. Uh, <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He had all the time in the world. (laughs) What an exhaustive calling card, dog. (laughs) Then he steals another plane, crashes that in Granite Falls, and this is where the manhunt begins. Can I say that maybe his... he shouldn't have learned how to fly from a flight simulator. Probably, yeah, he has not figured out the landing part. He can get the takeoff, he can keep it he in the air. He went to the Al-Qaeda school of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. He steals another plane, manhunt begins, and it's at this point his photos are released. And Facebook and MySpace groups blow the fuck up because he's a very conventionally attractive kid. So uh, teenage girls all over the internet are fawning over this kid. Like, the chicks want to fuck him and the dudes want to be him, right? So he flees the police for a while, and he ends up partnering with another criminal named Harley... The hand bandit. Uh, Harley David Ironwing, which is wait. the... <laughs> That's upsetting. Dopest name. Wait, 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 wait. Say it again. Harley David Ironwing. Did he? Okay, so did he make this name for himself? I don't know. Because he I, had to have, right? Probably, but I love the name so much that I refuse to poke into. I, I assume. I assume he was just like driving down the highway one day and and was just in between a Harley Davidson shop and like one of those like World War Two military plane <laughs> <laughs> museums, and one of them was called the Iron. The light bulb goes <laughs> off over his head. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Um, so it's at this point that uh, they together they commit a string of burglaries. And a judge, I believe out of Washington, I forgot to write down where, releases like an indictment. Uh, and he re- obviously stays on the run at this point. And then rights are bought to his story. Uh, somebody wrote a book about him called uh-huh. The Barefoot Bandit. Uh, and I think it was Warner Brothers bought the rights to his story. Wait, bought the rights from who? Uh, whoever wrote this documentary. Or, I'm sorry, whoever, whoever wrote, wrote this biography. Book. Oh, okay. Um, and then in May of 2010, uh, police were called 
when workers at a veterinary clinic in Raymond, Washington, found a handwritten note saying, drove by, had some extra cash, please use this for the care of animals, signed Colton... Wait, what the fuck's his name again? <laughs> Colton signed Colton Harris Moore, aka the Barefoot Bandit. Did he aka it? Yes. Yeah. Wait, so Why? He, so I don't he know. Out, he just outed himself. I he well he's been leaving calling cards and stuff. He's like playing into it because he likes the attention. I think. Okay. Um. So by the fourth of July, our boy is still at large. Tom Hanks is furious. What? <laughs> Catch me if you can. Yeah. It's like a real life. Yeah. Thank I you. I got it. Oh God, that's uh, a great that's movie. That is a great, great movie. movie. When he steals a single-engine Cessna 400 from Bloomington, Indiana. What up? We're not from Bloomington. But we're from Indiana. And no, I, I get excited about it. We're not even from Indiana. Well, you're from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. I'm a good old boy. Uh, I don't like that. I, Cut I, that from the podcast. I got one pelt as every kid should have. <laughs> uh, so he's still playing from uh, Bloomington, Indiana, which was later found. Did you want to guess where it was found? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Bahamas. He flew it to the Bahamas. Well, how would I have guessed that? I don't that? know. Do you want to guess how how it was found? He crashed it. He did crash it. Good <laughs> job. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, of course, another mysterious string of break-ins in vacation homes and grocery stores in the area. So, of course, they immediately tie the stolen plane to him. What happened to Iron Wing? Uh, Iron Wing is arrested at this point. Okay. And he sings like a fucking bird. Like an Iron Wing. Like an Iron, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's at this point that the FBI places a $10,000 bounty on his head. Okay, he is 19 fucking years old. Okay, so, so he got $10,000, uh, put $10,000 reward. On his head. On his head, which is so low. Yeah. Who's it's, biting? It's the uh, 90s? No, this was 2010. Yeah, that's so low. Yeah, uh, considering he's like the planes, the multiple planes he's exactly. stolen at this point and ruined are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars alone. Um, by July 11th, Moore was apprehended. Uh, he attempted another uh, escape, this time on a 40-foot-long yacht. Um, however, the police shot out the engine. When they got over to the other boat, Moore had thrown his laptop over the side of the boat into the ocean. Um, Priorities, my yeah. Guy. Well, we I mean, I'm assuming there was a ton of incriminating evidence on it or something. They already got you. Kevin yeah, they got you, you dead to rights, dude. I, and the, he puts a gun to his head. Uh, but the police managed to talk him down. He was arrested, uh, and he was sentenced to uh, in. December in December of 2011, he was sentenced to seven years, uh, and then again in January later or in January of 2012 to another six and a half years. But he was able to serve the sentences concurrently. Um, it's during the trial that his Facebook groups like blow the fuck up again. Mm -hmm. uh, and people are selling shirts with his like face on them that say like mama tried and shit like that. I kind of want to get one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it seems like she didn't try that hard if I'm going to be honest though. Uh, and then that's it. Now he, uh, I think is making a living as a motivational speaker. He is not allowed to profit off of the details of his story at all. That was part of his plea agreement. thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that's it. 
That's some bullshit. Oh, he also started a blog uh, supporting Donald Trump. I, I, okay. Oh, no. Well, okay. Hmm. That's the that worst does, part of that story. That is the worst part of that story, mm-hmm. but also, like, that guy that did um, all those goddamn financial crimes that the Wolf of Wall Street is based off of is allowed to profit off of his fucking bullshit. Why can't this guy profit off yeah, of his fucking bullshit? Yeah, this inherently badass. Uh, yeah. That's whack. Mm-hmm. That's the bad. That's is, did, Was your story the bad story? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was bad. I had fun on the ride, though. That was, Thank that you. was good. Anything else, Casey? Yeah, you got anything you guys want to plug? Does Any your shows? dad still have the pelts? I bet he does. No, I mean, they, they were mine. I don't know. They've you should plug your dad's leather shop. It's called Lakeshore Canvas and Leather. It's located in Storm Lake, Iowa. Uh, no, I don't know what, what happened to the rabbit pelts. They, they got lost or damaged over time, I'm sure. Tragic. I mean, it's been like 25 years. You're not that old. Oh, you are. I'm 30. Yeah. I always forget that. There's perpetually 26 in my brain. I don't know why. It's a weird thing, though. That's when we met. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, I've been Jesse McIntyre. I've been Lynette Thomas. And I've been your other, other host, Stacey Stark. You oh, guys yeah. have been you. Have a great night.